Welcome to Reclaimed Heritage, a place where we discuss traditional skills for the practical home. We're your hosts, Christy, Carrie, and Elaine. If you're like most people, you spent years obediently eating what nutrition experts told you to eat. Sandwiches, wraps, and mounds of pasta. Bowl after bowl of cereal. Margarine and heavily processed seed oils like canola oil. Soy burgers and other soy frankenfoods. Egg substitutes. Sugary non-fat yogurt loaded with artificial colors and flavors. And chemical sweeteners created in the laboratory. Excerpt from Dr. Kellyanne's Bone Broth Cookbook. Welcome back. This is season one, episode two. If you happen to catch our very first podcast from last time, we discussed some traditional skills that we're hoping to dive into more deeply coming up and uh, gave you our reasons why Mm -hmm. and why a podcast. So if you missed it, go back and catch it. And today we are going to be talking about our families. So what our families look like currently, what our families look like historically, and how Mm -hmm. both uh, the way we were raised and the culture and family we're living in now have driven us to really dive deep into some more practical, traditional skills in our homes. So Christy, you want to give us a little bit of your current family situation? Currently, um, I am married uh, for 25 years to my husband, Heath. We have nine children. Um, We started off with four biological daughters. Uh, Two of those have married in the last few years. And uh, we have one newlywed just married in October. Um, And then we entered the realm of foster care. And um, thankfully, God was gracious. And everybody who came stayed and became officially goldsmiths. So we have uh, five adopted kiddos. four boys and one more girl at the very end. So um, we live on a family homestead where my father-in-law and his father were both raised. We are in the original home. Um, We farm, we raise our own beef, our own pork and meat chickens. We also have layers, throw a couple horses in there for fun for the kids and... um, (laughs) And expense. Yes. Yeah. Well, manure. <laughs> That's how they contribute. And um, I've put out a probably a two-acre garden for the past six or seven years. And prior to that, we still gardened. It just wasn't quite as big. Um, so, yeah, we live next to family around surrounding um, some of our older relatives on my husband's side. So we are kind of in the thick of this generational thing and what it looks like. I can't believe that you just gave your entire family dynamic and left out like, okay, I can't say your most important oh. or your favorite because oh. the rest of your kids are listening. But I'm a grandma. I'm a Gigi. Oh. Yeah, I knew where she was headed. I did leave her out, didn't I? I have a beautiful granddaughter who's seven months old right now. Yes. And um, yeah. Sorry. And it's worth kind of watching the light us of my on life. YouTube just to see her face <laughs> when she true. says grandbaby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it is the best. <laughs> so she says, we'll find out soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. Elaine and I want to be in the grandma club at some yeah. point. Lord right? willing. Yeah. Lord willing. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so what about you? Okay. Well, I'm Elaine and I do not live on a farm, <laughs> but I do live in a really cute 
uh, lake community. We're only on about half an acre, which um, we're transplants from Rhode Island. And at that point, we were on one-tenth of an acre. So we are truly moving up in the acreage. Um, I am married <laughs> to Stephen Foisey. I have eight children. My oldest is married without children yet. It's been a year. Um, she lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, my youngest is six, and we homeschool. Mm-hmm. Um we keep pretty busy with that. We do have chickens that lay eggs. We've dabbled in Nigerian dwarf goats, which we were getting milk and making cheese and smoothies with. Um, we haven't gotten back into that since we moved. Um, we do a small garden, certainly not two acres. <laughs> I don't even know what, I'm probably in feet, maybe 20 feet, <laughs> 20 feet of a garden. <laughs> Um, um, like I said, we're a transplant from Rhode Island. We did drag our in-laws with us. So they moved recently from Florida. So they are in Ohio with us, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's about it right now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I currently live in the country. Didn't always. Um, but out there we have seven kids and our older two got married this year been married for about 20 years, almost 20 years. It's close. My husband, Brian, he's a teacher and we have the same kind of spread that you guys have. We have kids in twenties down to lower elementary. Our youngest is eight, makes things wildly entertaining and loud and loud every single day, <laughs> really loud. <laughs> um, yeah. Can I take these home? <laughs> <laughs> the headphones? I know, right? We need noise canceling headphones on the daily. (laughs) Yeah. So currently, gosh, we have the two out. And then um, like a lot of us, our older ones are the ones that are home are 18, soon Mm -hmm. to be 19. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely on the top of the scale of transitioning soon-ish potentially. But we definitely still have some younger ones at home that we're homeschooling Mm -hmm. every day, all of us homeschool. And um, yeah. We, we don't live close. Like, Christy, you live on a farm, but mm-hmm. you live very, very close to town. You're yes. within, like, five minutes of mm-hmm. Myers, yeah. I think. And it just keeps getting closer. Yeah, yeah, it does keep getting closer. And we're a good 30 minutes from, like, our nearest grocery store. Mm-hmm. We have a gas station where I can buy lots of healthy foods like Pop-Tarts. But <laughs> the, the, nutrition, the nutritional food is a good 30 minutes away, so... Yeah, so that's where we are currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really thought it would be super important to share with you guys our upbringings. All three of us have had pretty different upbringings, mm-hmm. um, very similar in time frame as far as generationally and food mm-hmm. goes. But it has really shaped so much of what we do or what we ha- used to do, at least mm-hmm. in our own families from the beginning when we were newly married. Um, so, Christy? Yeah. Um, I was raised in a traditional neighborhood, kind of small town USA. Um, My mom stayed home with us until I was in middle school. So it was pretty traditional up until then. And then she started to work full time outside of the house. And my dad was an over the road truck driver. So he was gone Monday through Friday. So um, I have two younger siblings, a sister and a brother. And um, we got into the convenience stuff. Like once mom started working, dinners became way more convenient. I wasn't interested in learning how to cook at that point. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, it it was all about like, what could we sit in front of the TV and have? Mm -hmm. And then mom would come home. Sometimes she would have energy to cook something, but a lot of times she didn't. Um, So that was also during the time of like the low fat, you know, 
sugar-free stuff. So mm. a lot of what was stocked, I, I would not consider healthy at all now. Um, but back then that was kind of what you did and what you ate. Um, my mom had friends who lived in the country and so she did do some canning and everything, but I really wasn't introduced into any of that until I was married. And my mother-in-law was instrumental in helping me learn a lot of those skills, gardening, um, canning, all of that kind of stuff. Because Heath grew up very different. So his, his from the get-go was homegrown food. Yeah, and his mom worked outside the home, um, but she worked at, like at a preschool. So mm-hmm. she was home when he was home, and I, he, she really did cook three meals a day for him. Yeah. She'd pack his lunch every morning and um, make him breakfast every morning and super, you know, meat and potatoes kind of dinners. So I was on a really strict learning curve. Mm-hmm. Actually, at the beginning, we probably ate more at their house than we did in our <laughs> small apartment just because I didn't know what I was doing. Which now that we all have daughters, yeah, the dinner invitations are plentiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Because I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's a hard transition to to do it all so your mom started working when you were in middle school mm-hmm. so prior so like to that 13, did she do a lot of yeah, home cooking she did. she did not breakfast not mm-hmm. you know we'd pack our lunch occasionally but mm-hmm. i was like pizza every day for lunch at public right. school so mm-hmm. you know um yeah and then high school hit and it was like you know we were the pop the occasional you know soda on a friday night when you had pizza night and so it was kind of like a reward or something so then when you get to high school and it's like mm. I could go over there and buy a Mountain Dew every day mm-hmm. for lunch. And so I felt into unhealthy habits, really. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally get it. And Elaine, what was yours like? Okay. Well, uh, I did not grow up on a farm or a small town. I grew up in a city, a very busy city. Um, however, my mother grew up on a farm. So she had a completely different upbringing. She's from Texas and she is Spanish. So she grew up um, cooking whole foods and a lot of Hispanic food. So um, food-wise, that's pretty much how I grew up. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I did go to public school. So howbeit my mother was an amazing cook, um, I really didn't learn much of those skills at home because I really just wasn't around between school and then band practice, mm-hmm. <laughs> track and yeah, field. Absolutely. I wasn't there when my mom was mm-hmm. cooking these meals. Um, but she did um, do some things really, really well. Uh, she raised us to, it's funny, um, she shopped on a daily basis. So she, because mm-hmm. we lived in the city. Lived in the city, yeah. Every day mm-hmm. she would stop and pick up the meat we were making for dinner, fresh produce for dinner. I literally came home to um, a pot of homemade refried like pinto beans and homemade tortillas was my snack when I would come home um what's funny is when I met my husband I ate my first Swiss cake roll because they grew up a little (laughs) bit different um they were where my mother-in-law had to work outside the home Mm -hmm. and they ate more convenience food I had never had a little Debbie snack so that was like whoa what is that you know (laughs) Um, so for that, I'm grateful that I did have a good upbringing when it came to eating whole foods. Um, I just think we didn't have a lot of money at the time. So what we could afford was basics, meat, vegetables, Mm -hmm. fruit. Um, I come from a small family in comparison to mine. I have two brothers. They're both younger. Um, my father is a full-time pastor, so I definitely grew up in a good, solid Christian home, which was, um, such a blessing. I feel like I'm able to kind of stand on my parents' shoulders and move further. Um, 
saying all that, because I was in school and didn't learn, I really didn't know how to make anything. Mm -hmm. Like when I got Mm -hmm. married, okay, my (laughs) mother-in-law feared for her son's (laughs) life because... I became a vegetarian in college, oh, so when gosh. I first met my husband, I was just eating like tabbouleh and hummus on a on a pita pocket. So he lost thirty pounds our first like few months of dating because oh, he was be eating like me. He was so skinny, <laughs> and um, I didn't eat hardly anything. So funny story: the first time we had them over. Um, for dinner, I bought one of those little tiny hams, or if you could, well, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it was about this big, <laughs> this little tiny ham, um, and a couple vegetables, and they ate it. That meant a little slice for each person, and um, when they left, they went to McDonald's and had to eat because they were starving. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, gosh. no, I did not know how to cook, um, but amazingly, um, God puts in you the will to do of his good pleasure, and I've learned mm-hmm. a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to go deeper yeah, um, and learn some more. Yeah, kind of similar at the mix between, I think my mom went to work, the youngest of the three of us, so mm-hmm. she was, her goal was to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. My dad lost his job, part of the recession, mm-hmm. and she ended up going back to work when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I know she was home early on, but by the time I was able to have memories, uh, she was already at work. So she was home. She was working full time, a very physically demanding job. So she was tired, and I just remember both the constraints of her energy and time and finances. The finances oh, played uh-huh. a huge part in it. Uh-huh. We uh, we ate very minimal, plain food. Um, a lot of that has to do with my father. So he was raised by um, a German immigrant who thought that, like all of our you know, like our grandparents at that time were really enamored by mm-hmm. the processed mm-hmm. food component. Mm-hmm. Like it was just unheard of where mm-hmm. you weren't laboring so hard to put food on the table. Like, why would you? Right. And back then, the health benefits were marketed so perfectly that it was like you were doing a disservice to your mm-hmm. family if you weren't feeding them those things. Mm-hmm. Well, that combined with my dad being the ultra picky eater meant that like our variety of food was very small. So he he desired foods that like my mother didn't grow up on. But, you know, as he goes, so goes our home. Mm-hmm. And um, she was raised on a farm. They butchered almost all of their own meat. They had two gardens, upper and lower, of multiple acres. Mm-hmm. She knew how to do everything, bake from scratch, homemade pasta, Mm -hmm. doing the canning, like that is how she was raised because ironically, they were poor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what we would consider the ultra rich lifestyle Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. of having acreage Mm -hmm. and animals and being, you know, we always talk about being like off the grid and sustaining. Mm -hmm. That was their lifestyle because they didn't have a lot of money. They couldn't live in the city. Uh, So yeah, it's very interesting. But that Mm -hmm. combination led to just... You know, chili, which was fine, or pigs in a blanket, you know, (laughs) on the regular. I mean, I've told many people, like, we would get, when my sister and I were home alone a lot, like, they worked, they both worked. Mm -hmm. When he got a job, they were both Mm -hmm. gone. So we would kind of come home after school or on spring break or summer vacations Mm -hmm. when your parents are working. And there'd be, like, Meyer brand mac and cheese, but... No butter or milk. 
to make it. <laughs> to make it. Yum. So like the wow, I need a drink just thinking about that. powder <laughs> on your mac and cheese. Like so when oh, I wow. met my husband and he loved craft and I was like what is that? And that does look absolutely delicious. <laughs> like yours has butter and milk? What? <laughs> Yeah. So, but, and then being home alone, right? We did a lot of the, I'm going to name drop all the popular foods of every one of our era, except maybe Elaine, but Chef Boyardee in the can, the ravioli. I had friends. (laughs) I used their house. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I didn't have the homemade trick. The homemade tortillas. That sounds delicious. <laughs> but, you know, Chef Boyardee, ramen noodles, like all the things that were super convenient, easy mm-hmm. for like your kids to make home alone by themselves. And um, white bread. White bread for sure. <laughs> you get stuck up to the roof of your mouth. Yes. It's perfect. Bologna. I mean, toaster strudels really yeah. are like absolutely to die for. Yeah. So, and then our all three of us went to public school. Mm-hmm. So we... Mm-hmm. Ate the school lunches a right? lot. I Absolutely. mean, and even if you weren't eating the school lunch, what was packed for you mm-hmm. wasn't refrigerated. I mean, you could do a cooler, but like for the most mm-hmm. part, you're bringing mm-hmm. very ultra right. processed food mm-hmm. well, to make it to the That's where my husband began his love affair of all things Little Debbie. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had a lot, but she, she, my mom definitely, and my, my dad's mom was very heavily into the low fat. Mm-hmm. Um, which just meant tons of added sugar at that point, mm-hmm. which kind of transitioned into mm. sugar-free, which is mm-hmm. no healthier for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what was our other one we were talking about? It was low fat and, oh, the margarine. Mm-hmm. Margarine was huge. It was in All everything. All the seed oils. All yeah. the seed oils, the diet sodas. Yeah. I mean, even when we did have soda, it was diet soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mother had like a long love affair of Diet Coke, which mm-hmm. is completely genetic. <laughs> I share her love of Diet I've kind of like come out of it. I'm better. I'm a recovery yeah. addict, but yeah. Wasn't there a soda or pop? Sorry, I'm going to hide. Yeah. It's pop. In Rhode Island, it's soda. Yeah. Was it Tab? Tab. Oh, my mother. Like, I've that's never so had funny it, but I, re- that well, I remember oh, seeing that's cans what my mom of like cookouts with non-stop. Tab. Yeah, oh, yeah. So my, yep. What does it even taste like? It's like Dr. Pepper. It's okay. a cherry, but she will, I distinctly remember her stories of her telling me she got through college on Tab soda. Mm-hmm. That was it. She just drank it nonstop. So, yeah. But um, it's it's just interesting how... I think for me, part of like my relationship with food has to do with the, the financial component mm-hmm, more than uh-huh. anything. Mm-hmm. So we didn't eat out. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford to. Mm-hmm. And like you talked about the special pop on Friday. Yeah, the pizza night. That was Every it now us. and then yeah. we could get a, one little yeah. Caesars pizza to share. Mm-hmm. I just had one sister. There were just four of us. And that might happen maybe monthly. And I remember like when we would travel to see grandparents, I was the most mm-hmm. excited part about it was to stop at McDonald's because I could get a McDonald's cheeseburger. So then, like you said, mm. when you turn like into a teenager thing. and yeah. you could buy it, yeah. it became like the ultimate thing you wanted mm-hmm. to buy. So I transitioned into just loving to eat out because mm-hmm. it was something we never did mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. And you only saw it as like this big special occasion, mm-hmm. this major reward. It's like totally built up. So then when you can do it all the time. It's oh my parents thrilling. still like love us with food like yeah the, they stock mm-hmm. the little debbies when mm-hmm. we're gonna be in town and it's you know part of their DNA I think is the yeah. you know like let me give you all of this absolutely so 
So then we have our transition to both of us or all of us being married, right? I mm-hmm. think we all kind of got married on the younger side. Early 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20, 21. Is that early? <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe not then, but okay. now yeah. I think that that's considered early. I got married, I think I was 20. I'm a 20 yeah, I was for early yeah. marriage. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> That'll be episode number 39. <laughs> yeah. Stick around. Yeah. yeah. So we all got married, but yours is very unique because you got married and moved to the farm. Well, Did you move to no. the farm right away? No, no, no. We were in an apartment. We were in okay. a little one-bedroom apartment for six miserable months, my husband will say. And then we found a couple farmhouses in between there that we rented. That's awesome. But as soon as we like moved, it was um, Heath was already planning the garden. Like, yeah. yeah, as soon as we had a little bit of property, he was tilling the ground and putting in a garden. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a ton of time with his parents at, at their home. Um, my parents were still working then. I had a younger brother and sister. My sister was in the military, and they were, you know, the teenage years of my brother. So it was pretty <laughs> thick, and yeah. they were just busy. So right. my mother-in-law really did take me under her wing and showed me how to can to, you know, start feeding my husband well, but he is still heavily a meat and potatoes guy. Mm-hmm. His dream would be for the past 25 years if I'd have only done it, but to serve a meat and then two different kinds of potatoes at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't really even be picky about what those potatoes yeah. were, but just two different kinds. And I was like, I can so do funny. one and a salad mm-hmm. or a side vegetable something or green. something else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's got a little so. hobbit. In him. <laughs> a little bit, potatoes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So did you think that you struggled in the beginning? Like, was he unhappy with your cooking? He was not. He's very sweet mm-hmm. and was never vocal, but we ate at his parents more than we ate at home. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. Um, we would spend weekends with his parents, and that's mm-hmm. when we would help with a lot of the farm stuff, which gave me a desire and a love for it um, then. And, and we did. We kind of fell in love it where we live now and, and he actually proposed in the barn lot there at, oh, at our house now. So, so sweet. Yeah. We we enjoy doing all of that kind of thing together. So that's been the fun part. And he wasn't uh, disappointed or upset when I didn't do two potatoes. He just was happy with the one. <laughs> with the one, yeah. And you do make the most delicious cheesy potatoes. Oh, so thank you. I was waiting for the cheesy well. potatoes to <laughs> yeah, come up. For sure. <laughs> We'll have to link that somewhere. And I would say link a recipe, but since she doesn't follow a recipe, no. it's awesome to try to recreate what she cooks. It'll be two We're going to hone that. That's one of your <laughs> traditional skills is going to be making recipes. Oh, really? Writing yeah. them okay. down. And so that she's like, contentious yeah. about this. <laughs> Can you tell how many times I've asked her recipe? She's like, I don't know. I, I just, just sprinkle it. <laughs> Yeah, like this is so helpful. I'm one of those to taste cooks. <laughs> yeah. Like we, yeah. But I you even, kind of look like a fairy when you're doing it. She definitely looks like, like a sprinkle fairy. fairy. Yeah, for Seasoning sure. Everywhere and grating yeah. fresh nothing. Definitely do. <laughs> yeah, the spice fairy. Oh my gosh, what better about? than a spice girl? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You probably could have rocked both. No. <laughs> What about Steve? So we heard he lost Uh a lot of weight. Yes. Well, when we got married, he did put, he put some weight back on. Um, Well, the challenge with my husband was he didn't like anything at first. Mm. So uh, he said he hated salad. He hated Brussels sprouts. He hated asparagus. He didn't want anything to do with any of those things. Um, 
Well, we found out he didn't like them from cans. <laughs> so it actually was lovely for me because every time I made something, it was like the best thing he ever ate. So because Were you still I, vegan at this point? Oh, well, there's a story behind that. So I was vegetarian. Okay, okay. And then on one of our dates, he took me to a restaurant. It was called the Capitol Grill, which is like a high-end restaurant. We were dating, and he was spending money he didn't have. He was probably on my mother-in-law's credit card. We might be still paying for that to this day. But the, the waiter came by to serve a table, and there was filet mignon that just came by the table, and I got a whip, and I ordered meat that night, mm. and I ate meat ever since. So I fell off that wagon because of my husband. Mm. I'm sure he was glad because he would have withered away to nothing. So um, <laughs> once I learned how to cook in quantity and not tiny little mm-hmm hummus and on a bagel Mm -hmm. or something like that Uh, he was pleased I introduced him to a lot of vegetables because I sauteed them in a cast iron skillet as opposed to boiling Brussels Mm -hmm. sprouts which just are not good um yeah so he ate a lot of vegetables um he definitely was a meat and potatoes Mm kind of guy which was different for me because I could live off of (laughs) I could live off of celery and vegetables tabbouleh and hummus and cheese so I did have to learn how to cook all the meat so that definitely has been um a learning curve in my early marriage I I feel like I've perfected that a little bit yeah at this point um was that our topic right yeah yeah newly married yeah okay so ours was by far the biggest disaster of the three of us (laughs) shocking Yeah, my husband is like the, he's not an only child, he has three sisters, but he is significantly younger than the other three. So he was kind of raised an only child, his parents were older when he was born. And I think that, you know, his memories of meals are kind of on the downswing of her doing home cooked food. So Mm. he did get some of it, but Mm -hmm. not tons of it. And he would never complain or was unhappy about it. But he is hardcore foodie. Mm -hmm. Like he eats everything except liver I don't I've never seen him offered food that he doesn't want to try mm-hmm. and almost always loves. Yeah. And it I am the complete opposite. So, you know, as our story unfolds, it turns out I'm I'm my dad in this part mm-hmm. of it where I'm very, 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 very picky. I <laughs> I think I am the pickiest eater I've ever met or known. It's gotten better. I have a daughter who probably trumps me at this point. I'm hopeful for her. But yeah, I it's a texture thing for me. So trying to cook for somebody who's a foodie when I'm the person controlling like what's coming into the home and what's being made really gave us some very bumpy starts. I mean, home cooked to me was like, I'm going to put uncooked pasta in a casserole dish mm. with uh, a jar of spaghetti sauce that then goes in the oven. And it's like magic where the spaghetti sauce cooks the pasta and I declare it's a home-cooked meal, like, a.k.a. gross lasagna. Like, Well, you could have bought like, hamburger what? helper. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, right. But, like, I just didn't even – and I think maybe a year into our marriage, I have this very vivid memory of my husband calling me into the kitchen, and he's holding a frozen pizza box, and he turns it over and he goes – have you ever read the directions? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, step one, preheat the oven. <laughs> he goes, then our pizza wouldn't be burned every time. And I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> but honey, I do preheat the oven. Like I, And he goes, it's not preheated till the light goes out, Carrie. Uh-huh. Like the light goes out or it makes a beep. 
indicating now's the time to put the pizza in. Not like you turn the oven on and you put the pizza in and it burns every time. (laughs) He didn't find it humorous at that moment. Neither did I, to be honest. But now it's like etched into my brain of those were the level, Mm -hmm. the skill level. I mean, I gained nothing while I was at home. And not for lack of love or effort. Mm -hmm. My mom worked all the time Mm -hmm. and I had zero desire Mm -hmm. to learn. None. I never asked my mother to teach me a single thing. I'm sure she would have, but we all have teenagers Mm -hmm. and we know that that's sometimes, you know, not the best soil to put those seeds into at that time. Everybody's Mm -hmm. different. And being in public school like you, I had Mm -hmm. band practice. I worked a Mm full-time job. Like all of the things that I loved were outside of my home and I didn't really find any value Mm -hmm. in the wisdom of my mom. Right. It just wasn't something that we had emulated by friends or family or school Mm -hmm. or culture. So Mm -hmm. why did you need to learn it if you could just go to the grocery store? So that's kind of my Mm -hmm. transition into learning to cook is because it's what my husband desired. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been perfectly fine living in the land of processed food. A lot of it is delicious. Yeah. Um, But... They use things to make it taste delicious, I know, though. I know. <laughs> right. And addictive. Yeah. And addictive. Like you mentioned, yeah. you mm-hmm. were um, going through McDonald's and getting a cheeseburger mm-hmm. and then wanting more. I mean, mm-hmm. they yep. create the food like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it keep makes it you coming. happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make you right. happy. They mm-hmm. make you keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's good. So um, the journey from, right, like not pre-cook, preheating my oven to cooking now has... Mm-hmm been quite crazy so for us it was the move a move had a lot to do with it when I was really young and newly married I was in college full-time and we were having all the babies and I was busy and so I didn't ever put like a huge importance of my time Mm -hmm. onto like preparing food for my family it was just it's another meal Mm -hmm. we have to get something they have to eat something Mm -hmm. and what is going to be like the most economical choice that mm-hmm. I can do in the least amount of time that is going to satisfy the most appetites. Like mm-hmm. the, that was kind of like my trio of getting yeah. through life. But when we moved to the farm and the kids were a little older, which was uh, some of the kids were older. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had babies at that point too, but um, having the extra hands and then there's something about being out there, like mm-hmm. being out there and not being in. We had lived in a, not a city, a suburb for a long time, which I grew up in a suburb. And then we lived in a suburb for about 13 years. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be out there mm-hmm. and not stand outside in your backyard and think how gorgeous it is. And it wants, you want to be out there. Mm-hmm. So we did all the things, right? We got the goats, the chickens, the pigs, the guard dogs, cats galore, <laughs> I know I'm missing rabbits. I think at one point we had 50 rabbits. Um, We did all of the things. And it's good and it's fun. And Mm -hmm. um, we love the beef. Mm -hmm. Like that part we're Mm -hmm. we're still into. Um, We recently sold off our our goats. This is our Mm -hmm. first year without all the baby goats. And it's Mm going to be a hard hard winter without them. But there's reasons for all of it. So there's just something about living out there that makes Mm -hmm. you want to grow the garden. Mm -hmm. And eat good food. Mm -hmm. And when you have your own meat that you've raised, it kind of causes you to like. Become a food snob. Yeah, you do. And you don't even realize that it's different until you've had different. My kids are food snobs. I mean. Oh, oh my gosh. For sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I same. You just can't undo that. Um, and I don't know that I to either, but um, yeah, they can be somewhat critical. And if they're young, we've had mm-hmm. awkward situations where they wanted to speak up about how our beef is so much better. Than- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Which it is hard. I mean, it is, it's so, it's just totally different. Like mm-hmm. I think about me being little and never would I have gone to our freezer to find steak for dinner. And my 10 year old's like, can we have steak tonight? And I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, no yeah. problem. But that's a luxury not everybody has. Mm-hmm. And I hope to never lose sight of like it being that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not even knowing. I mean, knowing where their food comes from mm-hmm. is a it, it's an important thing. It isn't anything I ever thought of when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have just said, you know, it came from the store. I would have been right. like the majority Absolutely. of Americans, right? And but you know, watching my children as we're doing processing meat chickens, like. Mm-hmm petting the chickens as they walk them over to the killing cone uh, you know that bird has had a good life right and they right. get the sacrifice mm-hmm. and the time and the work and the energy that went into that so right. i i forgive their food snobbery <laughs> <laughs> well and it really is like the benefit of buying local right so mm-hmm. i didn't i never went vegetarian or vegan but i did cut way back on my food consumption my meat consumption mm-hmm. many years ago because i was so worried about like the ethical treatment Mm -hmm, component mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. animal but that's the buy local right like if you can Mm -hmm. buy Mm -hmm. local and hear hear me say at some points in all of our journeys we couldn't and Mm -hmm. when we lived in Mm -hmm. the suburb Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't we bought all of our meat at walmart or aldi Mm -hmm. and and it was good and Mm -hmm. it was good and it was nutritious and it fed our families and we know that that is the way it is Mm -hmm. for the majority of people it is that way but there is something about like when you are doing it you know, like the calves that we have are born to be butchered. They're born to be mm-hmm. eaten. And the only component that we can change is what their life looks like in the in-between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that is, it sounds so simple and kind of duh, but when you aren't raised as a country kid mm-hmm. and you grow and then you move there, it's hard. Like it's hard to like look at this tiny little baby goat with mm-hmm. gorgeous long ears mm-hmm. and giant beautiful eyes and know that like its purpose mm-hmm. is to be in my freezer, but yeah. I could give it the best life in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And that is what has made it possible for our kids. And I know with your kids, and I know like when we do 4-H mm-hmm. at fair, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, these meat rabbits are meant mm-hmm. to go to the butcher. Right. But your kids get eight weeks of making them mm-hmm. have like these awesome yeah. lives. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're they're brought in the house and snuggled all day long. Yeah. And <laughs> Asher just wants to carry it everywhere he goes. So... <laughs> does yeah so it's different i i'm very excited you know when we talk about where we're going Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see our children's relationship with not just their food but the animals Mm -hmm. that they come from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you've always done a garden though we have um you brought up moving when you moved Mm -hmm. moved to a farm um for us how we got started on this path of doing things more traditionally it really was we had all these little mouths to feed. Uh, my husband lost his job, and we—I had at one point a three hundred and fifty dollar a month food budget. Wow! So it was trying to figure out how do we feed mm-hmm. us well, and I, I knew enough from my upbringing not to feed our family junk. I used to have an envelope that I would put change in, and that was the milk money. And we had one farm um, in where we lived in Rhode Island, and I would go and buy 
farm fresh milk and had to like ration it. Um, this is when we were on a tenth of an acre at a busy intersection in a city. Um, we had a tailor shop across the street that loved to watch us because they said our family was so fun <laughs> and a bit crazy. But um, my husband went on this path of wanting to be an urban homesteader. So he made, he built um, an upright vertical chicken coop made out of pallets that was right outside my kitchen window. We had six to eight chickens at all times. I have pictures of my older at the time or youngers collecting eggs. Um, right on the side of the chicken coop, we had a pear tree, which we got our pear, pears from every year. I actually made canned the pears from the one pear tree on my my property. <laughs> we had a garden and my husband learned how to do things vertically and how to maximize our space. We had one maple tree that we tapped every year and made maple syrup. Now, I'll have to link this one day because it's hilarious. We have a YouTube channel we started um, that was country living in the city streets. And my husband has one video. I think it's the only one we ever did. And it's of him tapping the maple tree. And right behind him, <laughs> maybe three feet behind him, is the sidewalk. And there are cars zooming by. And there's ambulance <laughs> sirens going by. And he's tapping his maple tree. And we're going to make our maker. And our kids are there. We're going to make our maple syrups. <laughs> we were making our own soap, our own candles. Uh, we stopped even getting oil delivered and found other ways to heat our home. Where I drew the line was he wanted to make me a tripod to cook outside all of our meals to save electricity. But again, I'm on a busy road. Everyone can see everything that I do. So, and there, we didn't do that. There was one time the chickens got out and my husband was chasing chickens down Park Avenue, <laughs> down the street trying to get them. And this was one of the times that the tailor shop in the window is just like laughing because... Better than television. Who are, who are these people who kids don't wear shoes and they have chickens and a right. garden? So this is really where um, I had to dig deep and make bone broth and make... Mm -hmm buy things. I would mm -hmm. buy cornmeal mm -hmm. and flour and had to make our meals from mm -hmm. these things and chickens that had to go far with soup mm -hmm. and piggybacking meals mm -hmm. so I could get more out of it. So, you know, God brings us these things, but mm -hmm. that job loss transitioned us into a different path of healthier eating and being more sustainable. Um, and oddly enough, when we moved, it's funny, sometimes wealth can be a blessing, but we had more money mm -hmm. when we moved to Ohio, and um, I kind of slacked and mm -hmm. could afford to buy things that were more pre-done for me. Mm -hmm. um, we slacked off, and this is another reason why I'm so excited to do this mm -hmm. podcast, because yeah. it's making me just go back, go right. back to yeah. what we used to do that mm -hmm. was good and nutritious and beneficial for our families, mm -hmm. my family. Yeah. That's crazy. The There's a book out there. We should, we'll link it um, online where it tells you, you can go in this book, it'll tell you how much land you have. Like you say, I have a quarter of an acre, mm -hmm. a third of an acre, whatever. And then it will tell you exactly what you could put on that space mm -hmm. of um, how, down to how many animals mm -hmm. of each kind. And they give you like a bunch of different choices, like what, mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Um, we use that when we moved. So we mm -hmm. moved to out to some acreage, but I was that was still kind of like our basis of not wanting to put too many animals on a mm -hmm, farm mm -hmm. or right. um, 
overrunning it, which we've never had the problem of overrunning anything with a garden because that's <laughs> not my jam. <laughs> we've tried gardening many times. It is one of my daughter's jams. Yeah. So where do you, where we talked about the traditional skills and keeping each other accountable and um, doing these things for like our practical nutrition. But what else? Like, do you think it's going to alter your cooking completely? Or are you just hoping to like add to it? I am not sure. I'm one of those people that get stuck in a rut sometimes mm-hmm. and I tend to make the same things and I, I always need a, a boost, you know, like something and yeah. I'll, check out some books from the library or I'll learn a certain ethnic food Mm -hmm. for, you know, and like go on a kick with that. Um, So I feel like these are practical. These will flow Mm -hmm. with whatever happens. Um, If I get stuck in a rut, it's still going to be nutritionally dense for my family. So I I think it's going to transition well. I'm excited to see how it transitions into my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Honestly. What about you? Same. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Time management. I think that's yeah. what it comes up is. Yeah. Finding the time, um, becoming more proactive, not so reactive, mm-hmm. um, which is easy to live in that mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. setting the time aside and involving the children. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way Absolutely. to do it. I mean, if they're not helping me in the kitchen, mm-hmm. they're making a mess somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing. I mean, all of the skills are awesome, and I'm super excited about doing it. We're going to try meat chickens for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. We did them for fair last year. Yeah, same. But we do have our own cows, so mm-hmm. we have a plethora of beef, um, which is awesome, and I'm so thankful for. But it means I don't really – I don't want to buy other meat because of the cost mm-hmm. involved. So I'm curious to see if we can economically raise our own meat chickens so as we have discussed today where you all come from very i mean kind of there are some similarities with the food varied the food that we were eating at the time but varied backgrounds and even though our households are kind of similar in the large family aspect and the financial aspects component but we still live in different places and Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. varied resources um for us to pull from Mm -hmm. and some of us are far more experienced than others me not being in some things yeah yeah you're so humble i love you (laughs) (laughs) she's like our our resident wise lady of no some traditional skills Uh, everything i got i got from my husband and my mother and father-in-law really he's cross stitches (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't sew or do any of that but all the gardening all the animal husbandry stuff that's all him awesome so in our next episode we are jumping into bone broth Mm -hmm. we are going to be giving you guys all of the reasons why yep why you should make it Mm -hmm. and we have already started dabbling in it some of us have made it for a long time some of us had never made it me and it's been good Mm -hmm. it's been very good very easy Mm -hmm. we are kicking off with like crazy easy yeah absolutely highly so yeah yummy yummy and nutritionally just Mm -hmm. really a superfood yeah, absolutely. So join us next time yeah. where we'll give you all the ins and outs of bone broth. And you can find us on YouTube if you want to watch mm-hmm. the podcast, mm-hmm. like some of our kiddos. Instagram, Instagram. if you want to interact with us mm-hmm. or ask questions, that's probably the a 
number yeah. one place to do that. Um, you may see some pictures from our kitchens mm-hmm. and our homes and <laughs> some, maybe some chicken pictures. Yeah, <laughs> or, right? We have baby piglets right now. I could probably oh, throw a couple oh, of those on there. So, so yeah. cute. That's yeah. so cute. Yep. Share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Leave us a comment mm-hmm. or a rating. Five stars mm-hmm. would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we are also on Facebook. And um, yeah, you guys just come follow along with the journey. It's going to be pretty crazy believe it or not we sound very chill today but if you just could see me make some of these things in my own kitchen <laughs> it's awesome. that's worth listening it's awesome <laughs> my husband just keeps giving me the you're crazy face every time he walks by me he doesn't even ask anymore what are you doing he's just like oh gosh <laughs> i'm going to the basement <laughs> so. but yeah well we look forward to seeing you guys next time and thank you for joining us thank you bye